If you could open your Bibles or your bulletin, we're going to turn to Acts 22, and we'll start at verse 6. About noon, as I came near Damascus, suddenly a bright light from heaven flashed around me. I fell to the ground and heard a voice say to me, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you, Lord? I asked. I am Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth, whom you are persecuting, he replied. My companions saw the light, but they did not understand the voice of him who was speaking to me. What shall I do, Lord? I asked. Get up, the Lord said, and go into Damascus. There you'll be told all that you have been assigned to do. My companions led me by the hand into Damascus because the brilliance of the light had blinded me. A man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all the Jews living there. He stood beside me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, The God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all people of what you have seen and heard. And now, what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. Uh, this morning, uh, six considerations about baptism. And... Uh, if you don't understand uh, what we mean by baptism in the Baptist church today, I'll have failed in my job. <laughs> baptism literally means to immerse. And I think every time you see that in the Bible, that's what it means. And even the figurative meaning means that. So first of all, baptism means I'm all in. Pardon me for using poker terminology. I have never played poker for money, so I don't really know. But I know when you think you've got a winning hand, you can say, I'm going to bet everything I've got on that winning hand. That means you're all in. That's what baptism means. I'm putting it all on Jesus. I've done a polar biff. Polar bear dip one time. January the 1st at uh, the uh, riding club. You could not go down to the lake and put your toe in and then claim, I've done a polar dip. Doesn't work that way. You've actually got to get down into the water and go underneath then you've done a polar dip. Once was enough. In the Greek language, uh, the old Greek language, if a ship had sunk, they could say the ship, ship was baptized. And it's, the word is used a couple, couple of times that way. And the immersion of someone in baptism is a picture of full commitment to Jesus Christ. The idea is I don't keep one foot out and I don't keep one, one hand dry. No, I'm giving everything to Jesus, and that's pictured by going completely under the water. Um, after all, you cannot try Jesus out. You'll hear people say, I tried religion. It didn't work for me. You can't try religion. You can't do a test saying, okay, this year I'm going to be a Buddhist. Next year I'm going to be a Christian. The year after that I'm going to try Judaism. Uh, the reality is you haven't really tried any of them until you're all in. So that's number one. Baptism means 
and fully committed to Jesus Christ. Point number two from the passage in your bulletin. Baptism means I'm repenting of my sins and God is washing them all away. Saul, on the way to Damascus, was persecuting the church. Uh, He hated Christians. He was arresting them and actually led to killing some of them. But on the way to Damascus, Jesus Christ appeared to him, blinded him. And uh, he then proceeded to go to Damascus. Jesus spoke to him. He then proceeded to go to Damascus, and there he waited. And Ananias came to him. And this is the passage that's in your bulletin. Ananias, a religious man who obeyed our law, was highly respected by all the Jews living there. He came to me and stood by me. He said, Brother Saul, see again. At that very moment I saw again and looked at him. He said, the God of our ancestors has chosen you to know his will, to see his righteous servant, and to hear him speaking with his own voice. For you will be a witness for him to tell everyone what you have seen and heard. And now, why wait any longer? What are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and have your sins washed away by praying to him. And I think I've got uh, three things to think about in that passage. First of all, baptism for Paul is the time when he thinks of God washing away his sins. And by the way, it's a great picture of that. Uh, I hope you had a shower this morning. I won't ask for hands. The water washes away dirt. Well, baptism is a picture of God washing away our sins. By the way, we dunk you under the water because you've got a lot of sin. And it pictures the complete removal of sin. But notice point number two. Baptism that's not accompanied by prayer doesn't work. Notice the passage there. Get up, be baptized, have your sins washed away by praying to him. I believe that's why infant baptism is not a baptism. The infant's not praying. Point number three. Notice baptism is the first step of obedience. Baptism is one of those first steps of obedience and responding to your recognition that Jesus is the Lord and Savior. Number three. Slide number three. Baptism means the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ is the foundation of of my relationship with God. 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4. I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. He was buried. He was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. What is the gospel? The gospel is the good news. And in a sense, any news about God is good news. But if we could crystallize it more, here is a crystallization of the foundational principles of the gospel. That Jesus died for our sins, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day, that he appeared to people. 
That's the heart of the gospel. That's the heart of God's good news for you. Again, I got three things to draw to your attention. First of all, good news has a certain content. That's the news part. The church started with it, and it's still the same today. Paul says, this is what I received. I gave it to you as of first importance. That's why you became a church. Point number two, what do you do with the good news? You hear that Jesus Christ dies for your sins, so what? He mentions a number of things he does, or they did. They received it, they stood on it, they got saved by it, they hold fast to it, and they believe it. And of course, number three, the simplest content of the gospel is that Christ died for our sins, was buried, and he rose on the third day. Baptism pictures that. We will take you when you're baptized and put you under the water like you're being buried and bring you up out of the water picturing a resurrection. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus makes all the difference in our lives. And our baptism pictures that. Just like communion pictures the cross. So baptism pictures the cross. Uh, the first book that Paul writes, Galatians, he says to them as he writes, Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed as crucified to you. How do you clearly portray Christ as crucified? You sit around his table and you have baptisms. And both of them clearly picture crucifixion and the crucifixion of Jesus. Point number four, baptism is the God-given response to hearing and believing the word of God. Baptism is the God-given response to hearing the word of God. There are Christian churches that do not baptize. Salvation Army. Are they Christians? Yes, they are. Some of you don't seem to... to, to okay, Salvation Army are Christians. They don't baptize. They don't, they don't participate in communion or the Lord's table. If, it would, if, it, if I were a Salvation Army, it would bother me. But notice I say here, this is the God-given response. You can still be a follower of Jesus Christ, a believer in Jesus Christ. You can still be saved without being baptized and without ever having communion. But you're missing the blessing of being obedient to Jesus Christ and to God. Something about your faith will be crippled. Uh, so here's what it says in Acts 18. I'm going to read the full passage. I've, I've got the kernel of what's important on the screen for you. When Silas and Timothy arrived from Macedonia, Paul was occupied with the word, testifying to the Jews that Christ was Jesus. And when they opposed and reviled him, he shook out his garments and said to them, Your blood be on your own hand, heads, I'm innocent. From now on, I'll go to the Gentiles. And he left there and went to the house of a man named Titius Justus, a worshiper of God. His house was next door to the synagogue. Crispus, the ruler of the synagogue, believed in the Lord together with his entire household. And many of the Corinthians, hearing Paul, believed and were baptized. Believed and were baptized. 
That's kind of the natural thing. We believe in Jesus Christ, we get baptized, showing that we have faith. Point number five, baptism pictures my decisive break with the old life that has died and the new life in Christ, which God has raised. Romans 6, what shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace might may abound? By no means. How can we who died to sin still live in it? Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. Not only are we picturing a death, the death of Jesus Christ in a baptism, we are picturing our death. The old life is gone. The life of sin is gone. Now I'm living for Jesus Christ, and I'm living a new life because the Holy Spirit has been placed in me. I've been born again and given spiritual life, and now I'm living a new life. That's pictured by that baptism. Coming to life. Notice the end there. We too might walk in newness of life. Um, Hannah and Victoria being baptized today. I asked them to spend time in prayer. Baptism without prayer is not a baptism. Spend time in prayer confessing your sins. Asking God to forgive you. But the beautiful thing is that baptism pictures, I have a new life. A new life. I belong to Jesus. And I'm living for him. Finally, slide number six. Baptism is the method Jesus gave the church to make disciples. Um, Every Christian denomination that I know of, other than the Salvation Army uses this verse for why they baptize people. Jesus says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. How are we going to make disciples of Jesus? We're told we do it by baptizing and by teaching. Baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So today when I baptize, I will say I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. That's how Jesus told us to do it. Um, Maybe if you haven't been baptized, something for you to think about. To show that you are fully committed to Jesus Christ, and you want to follow him, and picture that. By going in front of people and showing, here's the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. That's what does it for me. I'm committing myself to that. Let's look to the Lord in prayer.